I'm Neil Osborne and welcome to the Get to Yes podcast, where I teach, coach, consult and speak on selling in the hair, beauty and body industries. Have you noticed these days with your clients, or be they B2B salon owners or B2C salon and clinic clients, that being pushy just doesn't work? Talking doesn't work. However, asking and listening does. Throughout these podcasts, I'm going to discuss a style of selling that uses the skill of persuasion. Our belief is that you get to yes by listening, not telling. If you practice these persuasion skills, you'll become more successful, achieve greater results, gain that recognition you're yearning for, or maybe even just learn that selling can be fun. Hi, Neil Osborne from Sales Catalyst here. In this episode, we're going to continue the journey towards building your sales territory. That's right, building your sales territory through new business acquisition and resulting in an ever-increasing number of new accounts. As I've discussed previously, to grow your sales territory through a continual and ongoing stream of new business requires skill and consistency. The next skill you need to master is the skill of developing a plan a plan for your calls, and in particular, your cold calls. So in this episode, we're going to discuss this plan in the context of doing cold calls. However, you will find parts of this that will apply to your normal day-to-day calls with your existing active clients. Oh, and by the way, when I say calls, I mean physical calls, not telephone calls. When we talk about developing a plan, I'm referring to the steps and actions we need to take prior to doing the call. I prefer to break it down into three clear, simple steps. Step number one is the pre-call plan. You know, the steps you take before you actually physically do the call itself. Number two, the call plan. How are you planning for that call or that meeting to play out? And then number three, The post-call plan. What do you need to do after completing the call? Hmm. So let's start with number one, the pre-call plan. These are the steps you need to complete prior to making the call or visiting the business. The following steps will help you find and approach those larger and more prestigious businesses. The first step is to be clear, super clear about your avatar. If you haven't done it already, get clear around who is your avatar. You know, your ideal client. You need to be really clear about this, as these are the markers that we'll be looking for. Next is to consult your territory plan. Now, what suburbs are you focusing on and why? Which are you looking for? A large account in this area? Or are you looking for more second-tier clients to reach your desired distribution numbers? One client I work with has a distribution plan that targets three types of businesses and finds having one of each in major postcodes works really well for them, their clients, and their overall brand sales. So what's your plan? The next is what type of client do we want to pursue? What type of business are you looking for? Where are they located? Are they typically in large A-grade shopping centres or in small suburban shopping centres? Or is it an off-street clinic that may be located in a house? Where do you expect them to be located? The next is let's get clear about the client. Before you visit, you need to understand the client that you're going to meet. Have you visited their website? What types of treatments and services do they appear to focus on? 
Have you visited their social media? What are they talking about with their clients? Have you reviewed their pricing? Is that complementary to the market that you wish to pursue? You'll probably be able to deduct what other brands they are working with and or if retail is a large part of their business focus. Their website may also talk about the owner, number of staff, the business's purpose or other areas of interest or their involvement with the community or even their involvement with our industry. There is so much more you can find out in 10 minutes on your phone prior. There's no excuse today to go into a business without knowing quite a bit about them beforehand. Plus, how do you think the client will react when they realise that you've done your homework? They'll be impressed and in turn they will cut you some extra time. Versus the absolute shocker of an approach. Oh, hi, I was just walking past and thought I'd pop in. No wonder that approach doesn't work, especially with those larger clients. The next is to think about your materials. What materials do you need for a conversation with this level of client? I must admit this is the one area that can take up quite a bit of time when I'm doing a team training session. The question I get asked is what should I take into a cold call? Should I take in some product samples? Should I take in my presentation folder, you know, my trolley case with everything? Should I prepare an information folder as a leave behind? What should I take with me? I get asked. My answer is, it depends. It depends on what your call objective is. Have you parked the car, got on your comfy shoes now and are going to walk the suburb? You know, what type of business is your avatar? Is it an upmarket, high-profile business or is it a commonly found business of which there's always a number of them in most suburbs? What are you selling? Does your range offer an impulse purchase? You know, the latest lipstick collection or a small counter display of a new niche skin or hair treatment? Is your strategy to wedge your way into a business or is your brand sales approach to present a full concept? Each one of these scenarios would lead me to offer you a different answer to that question. What should I take into a cold call? Here are some general guidelines though. Less is best. A business card is a must. If you're selling something that could be a fit for a number of businesses in that suburb and maybe you have a small intro offer that can create an impulse sale, I'd take that with me and I'd take the supporting paperwork with me as well. If you're at the other end of the scale and scoping out the area for your next key account and the outcome you're pursuing is an appointment with the business owner, I'd suggest you leave everything in the car. You would only need to take two things, a business card and a device to make an appointment. Now, if you run your diary on your phone, that may be your phone. Of course, turn to silent though. Or whatever other device or tool you need to physically make a quick notation of an appointment. That's it. At this level, less is best. In a cold call in an upmarket business, you'll have 30 to 60 seconds to make an impression. As soon as you walk in, the receptionist or the person you see first will be making an instant assessment. Who is this person? Are they here for an appointment or something else? Are they here to give or to take? I hope they're not selling something. That last experience with a rep was a bloody nightmare. Which brings me to step two, the call plan. Your primary objective of formulating a call plan is to think through where you want to take this opportunity. What do you want to achieve? Is it an instant sale? Are you wanting to evaluate if they're interested in what you're selling? Is your goal to assess? 
not impress. You know, you're evaluating them to see if they're a good fit. Are you wanting to invite them to an event, maybe? What is it? What's your reason for the call? Well, the starting place of your physical call plan is to prepare psychologically. Leave all of your challenges and your distractions in the car. Clear your mind and think about the client you're about to visit. Think about a positive reception and a positive outcome. Next is be prepared mentally and physically. Have you checked your materials during your pre-call planning stage? Are they all looking really good? The next is create a good vibe. Go in with a smile. Smiles are positive. Smiles can be contagious. When I'm training in field with a sales rep, I always make a joke just before we go through the door. That way we're both laughing or at least smiling as we go through the door. The difference this can make is quite noticeable. After all, most people like positive and happy people. Next is be positive and clear about how you're going to engage. Upon meeting the person at reception, offer a compliment or comment on something that's positive about their business, on how it's made you feel. Think about how you're going to engage. Have a clear purpose for your call. Business owners are busy. Let's not use the pop-in comment. State who you are. Offer your business card, your company or brand statement, and then state the purpose of your call which may go like this. Hi, I'm Neil Osborne, as I hand over my business card. I'm from the Sales Catalyst. We're a specialised industry-based training company. The purpose of my visit today is, and then I would go on to present and start to unpack my pre-planned conversation, which normally comes from one of two options. The first is what I call a question-based approach. This approach can be highly effective at any business level. However, it does depend on the types of questions you ask and how you respond to the answers offered. You need to listen. And listen with the intent to understand their situation rather than with the intent to interrupt so you can deliver your next killer comment. Oh, by the way, delivering killer comments doesn't work with those larger clients. Asking and listening does. Balanced well, this style of conversation and engagement can open doors where in the past they may have been closed. It's the one that requires practice and confidence in the delivery. The next approach is what I call the statement-based approach, or, as we've coined, the telling style. And it's the one I see most salespeople use. If this is your approach, your goal here is to adjust your language to the level of business that you're talking to. A conversation with an upmarket business around ideas just won't cut it. A conversation around a new concept will. The main challenge with this approach is a lot of salespeople use this approach, so your goal is to perceive to be different. Not just for different sake, but rather different from the bad habits of those other unskilled salespeople. This way they will not let the previous bad experiences ruin their thoughts about you and what you're wanting to discuss. Regardless of which approach you use, you need to think about how you're conducting yourself. You know, what vibe are you giving off? Needy and pushy? Or at the other end of the scale, maybe confident and attracting opportunities? Most salespeople go through the door with the goal to find the owner or the buyer, engage them and sell them. Those people are easy to identify as they ask a leading question that sets them up big time. And that is, 
May I speak with the owner? Hmm. Have you ever thought what staff have been told to say when they're asked that question? Yep, you've got it. Oh, sorry, they're not here at the moment. And bang, up goes the brick wall and everything shuts down. My approach is slightly different. It's to go through the door and conduct myself in a way whereby they want to engage with me. To achieve that, I conduct myself differently and never ask that may I speak with the owner question. There are many other ways we can ask that same question and to make it easy for them to answer and avoid that brick wall going up. So once we've navigated that brick wall, I suggest we open up with our level one introductory question-based conversation. This leads to our product or service, our USPs and the connected business conversation we want to have. Our goal at this stage is to gain some level of progression, albeit a business appointment or a callback to meet the owner, or once we've delivered that invitation or an agreement to call back and secure the booking. Once we've reached that agreement, we politely confirm the next step, agree to a time frame, ensuring that we're not over-promising, and then we depart. The key with large accounts is to under-promise and over-deliver, not the other way around. That brings us to the final step, the post-call plan. While the previous two steps appear to be of greatest importance, I'll suggest that this one is the one that can quickly undo the others if you're not careful. Once you're at this point, the post-call plan becomes vital. Step one, once you've left the business, stop. Step two, make notes. <laughs> really, take a moment to find a place and start to collect your thoughts. Recall the conversation you just had and start recording some notes, be it written or in Evernote or on your phone, however you choose to do it. Don't care where you note things, but you must write down names and key points of that conversation right now, not later, not when you get home, now. Step three, make it happen. What do you have to do to make it happen? Whatever you agree to in that conversation must happen by when you agreed it to. Be super clear about what you have to do. Large clients want to work with people they trust. To build trust takes time. It takes doing things that you said you were going to do by when you said you were going to do them. The quickest way to undo all of that good you've created is to forget to do something. Okay, we've covered a lot in this episode, so let's sum up. We discussed today that there is a three-step process to doing a highly productive call, and especially when we're doing a cold call. Those steps were to have a clear pre-call plan, to really spend some time thinking about our call plan and also formulate the post-call plan. The key steps in the pre-call plan were, number one, get clear about your avatar. Number two, consult your territory plan. Three, target the right type of client. Four, who is the client? Research them, get to know them. Five, check your materials. You know, no dog-eared materials here. Less is best, a business card is a must. The call plan, prepare your psychology. Be prepared mentally and physically. Create a good vibe. Be positive and clear on how you're going to engage. Have a clear purpose for your call. The first layer, introductory conversation. Is it a question-based approach or do you use a statement-based approach? Avoid at all costs. May I speak with the owner? Reach an agreement that you can deliver on. And then finally... 
The post-call plan was stop. Don't rush off to your next appointment. Stop. Make some notes and then make it happen. To build trust, say what you do and do what you're saying. There's a lot in this episode to ponder. Think it through and make it happen and you'll enjoy some absolutely stellar results. Until next time, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Get to Yes podcast. If you like what you've heard, please share it with someone you may know who's looking to become more persuasive or wants to diffuse resistance and get to yes more often. Until our next episode, you can visit me at thesalescatalyst.com.au.